Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. So just before we begin, I'm not feeling myself. Um, it's one of those weird ones like you're kind of like, oh, like what do I do? So I think um, Ben is going to take me for a COVID test today, aren't you, sir? And yeah, well, just... I think we're both feeling a bit under the weather, aren't we? Yeah, it's also really confusing as well, though, because it's the time of year where, like, you get colds, and I'm very susceptible to sinus infections. I used to get them, like, literally every week when I swam. Even when I quit, I used to get them so often. So it's a bit of a weird one, but obviously we just need to look after our health as well. Well, I think no matter what happens, as soon as anything happens now, even if you sneeze, it's like COVID. If you automatically finger, don't you? Because yeah. it's like pink elephants in your head. But Especially if you're a hypochondriac like myself. Well, you said it. I know I am a hypochondriac. <laughs> well, um, obviously, this is the first podcast of 2021. So, welcome to the first podcast. Oh, Hopefully is it we- a new season or is it just. No, is it- we're just going to carry no, on with the current season. I don't think we need to chop the seasons up just because it's a different no, year. I don't, I don't know why we'd ever do that anyway. I feel like it's just a running thing. I feel like it's a, it's a running thing. Yeah, we might change the dynamics and then go for a, a different one. Maybe when we get the new house. Oh, don't come. Let's not get too excited yet and tell people. But we're getting the house. We'll, we'll christen it with a new, a new, uh, new, new season. But obviously now we are into lockdown 3.0. Dun, dun, dun. And I think what we're going to try and do is bang as many podcasts out as possible during lockdown 3.0 because I know when we were doing these in the previous lockdowns, people found them really useful really engaging obviously people have got a lot of time on their hands and I think it's just good to put something between your ears which is educational something which is motivating and also just something which is a bit of a laugh and something to listen to and pass some time do you know what's so mad as well when we kind of touched on this topic it was last March and we're we're still talking about that same I think we're going to be talking about it for a long Topic. time. I'm just going to have to pull up my show notes from... Which is actually ridiculous because we are going to go into what we're talking about today and you'll be able, you'll be able to tell by the titles of the podcast anyway. Oh, I know I lost my show notes from it as well. But it's it's been a year, which is the fact we're still talking about this specific thing kind of shows like more action needs to be taken up- upon it really. Yeah. and. A lot of the things we've actually pulled off now from the government website and when we first did this podcast nothing had been posted by the government to take action but now it has yeah obviously with us now going into lockdown 3.0 it's more prevalent than ever but just on that note because we've had loads of questions this week about going into lockdown and what's going on with the new year challenge obviously it is only i think five days until the new year eight week micro school challenge kicks off so what we are going to be doing, I know for a lot of people around the world and maybe in the States that people still have access to gyms, but we are going to be changing a lot of things. Lucy just recorded a full dumbbell home trainer. There's the bodybuilding with bands training that's up on the website. So we're going to be producing a lot more content again for, for home training, for people to do stuff at home. So you're not just jumping around like a absolute fucking lunatic and you actually have something productive to do um, and to train at home and to follow so that you can still make progress like we said a few times again circumstances have been changed but our goals still remain the same we still want to progress we still want to enjoy training we still want to get something out of it yeah so the links the links the link to the new year challenge is either on Ben's Instagram, my Instagram, or the school Instagram, all the information you need is there. And as Ben said, I did film a brand new 
dumbbell only training the fact it's a dumbbell only is because this seems to be the most common piece of kit that you guys have at home in terms of the UK being in lockdown so we obviously want to help you as much as possible we're going to be doing some fun things with our group as well along the way just to keep everyone accountable and keep everyone motivated I guess yeah 100% and you can as Lee said you can find a lot more about that from Instagram, they'll be on our emails and stuff as well, so you'll be able to find it somewhere. But the countdown is on. We'll be kicking off on the 11th. Enrollment will close on Sunday the 10th. But let's dive into today's topic, which we're going to be covering like a bit of an array of topics, but it's been initiated, and I think this debate has been sparked a lot the last week by the magazine cover and the article that was published by Cosmopolitan magazine. Yep. Was, was it the, was it classed as this month or last month? Um... This month. It's this month, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously, for those who have not seen it, um, there was a cover published by Cosmopolitan, which included some uh, what would be described as plus-size women, and then some women of different shapes and sizes. But firstly, and most importantly, also our good friend, Soph Butler, which I think they should have just led with her. I think they just should add Soph on the front cover. Yeah, she's she's incredible and she's done... If you don't know who Soph is, by the way... She's been on one of I our mean, podcasts before Yeah, as well. I mean, also get on her Instagram. Soph has done so much this year. I feel like she's helped Sorry. thousands and <coughs> thousands of people. And I don't even think she realises how many people she's helped. So we definitely wanted to give Soph a huge shout out. Mm. And she honestly looks incredible for this cosmopolitan shoot like i i nearly well i sent her a picture of me crying when i saw this front cover because what a huge huge step so massive well done to soph just before we obviously yeah. dive into this podcast i think soph is on a story i think she got posted today she's the first um person of disability or first person or wheelchair to be on the yeah i think she cover, is yeah which is I, I that's why i think they should have just led yeah and, yeah, and yeah just, for just, sure just use that but uh massive well done to soph um, doing great stuff. She's educational, educating a lot of people on her Instagram as well to do with lots of different um, things to do with disabilities, not just training, but also the way that uh, people are perceived and also different things that people sometimes are misled to believe about people with disabilities and so on. So definitely check out her Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think sparked this debate and what I've seen from just like browsing comments and stuff on Instagram through both the article that was published on the Cosmopolitan page, but then also other people and people in our industry who have created posts about this, is that it is kind of like two different sides to it. Obviously, the one that people and a lot of comments you'll see is like horrible stuff, like, oh, what a fat cunt. Big fat slob. This is terrible. Like, why are we promoting fat people? Like The typical fat shame and stuff, basically. And then you've obviously got other people coming from like the... Body positivity movement who are saying how good it is, how great it is, um, and it's awesome to see uh, plus size women on on magazines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, just before we dive into the juicy bit of the podcast, I actually have no preference. I'm kind of like sitting on the fence of this one because there's, I have fours and against both arguments, which are kind of going to pre- present today to you guys so that you can make up your own sense and almost own opinion of it. I think it's a very complex debate and there's no definitive answer to what we're going to explore, but we're going to explore both sides to it and also cover a lot of the um, current debate on obesity and the COVID crisis as well, aren't we? Yeah, it is a really, really strange and difficult topic. And again, I have no 
opinion on it. I have an opinion on the relationship between COVID-19 and obesity, which is a topic in itself. And then also it is complex because of what's been said about the Cosmopolitan cover. But yeah, what, what you're trying to say is you don't have an opinion on how someone should look. It's completely their choice. Oh yeah, it's 100% their, their choice. The, the health aside, it, it's completely people's choice how they want to look. That's completely up to them. And whatever anyone else to say about it, it's got fucking no relevance to that person. Yeah, they, they can be super happy. They can eat what they want. Somebody might want to be super fit and healthy. Somebody might prefer a skinny look. Somebody might prefer the curvy look. Somebody might want to be more overweight. Like yeah. there's so many different things. I don't I don't care what you do. As long as you're happy, that is fine. But, but we do need to have that conversation about what the government have brought out about the, basically the strain on the NHS due to obesity like yeah, but also saying that if you can't about. you can't just people can't say like oh you don't know what that person's going through like you don't know what that person's going through just to say oh you're a fat shit you don't know what that person's got especially at times like this when people are stressed again and people may, may well put on weight to criticize people for like you do not know what that person's gone through. You can't, it makes you a bit as of usual, a dick, can't, to be just, can't just judge a book by its cover like yeah. that person may not want to be overweight and just pointing the finger and waving the finger at people doesn't help that person at all. And also, how do you not know that that person has been on a weight loss journey and they're halfway through that journey and they're excited and they're showing how far they've come. So when people start judging people who are overweight, you can't do that. Like, it's just so wrong. It's it's it, it's just so wrong. Yeah, I think... Um, from from my perspective, just from Cosmopolitan, I think it's pretty clever and pretty snide marketing as they've used women who would be viewed and deemed as like fit and healthy and then included other women who would be classified as obese and then put the title as this is health or this is healthy or whatever they used. And quite cl- clearly, we, we kind of know, generally speaking, that isn't healthy. Well, we know obesity isn't healthy. But firstly... It's especially going into this lockdown and obviously because of the virus and how the spread is continuing to just spiral out of control. We need to protect those who are most vulnerable, which is why we've gone into a lockdown. And those being most vulnerable are obviously the elderly, the the obese, which is one of the, the biggest underlying factors of why people are being admitted to hospitals. And then I think the other one, just off the top of my head, was those with diabetes, diabetes. as well. So they're kind of like the, the main three reasons of why we are, I suppose, in the lockdown because we're trying to protect protect, protect the, the most vulnerable and the obese, the obese come in and fall into that category. Now, off the back of this, I know Lucy's going to go into it further now, there's, there's also a scheme that has been released by the government. Well, now it's, I have to say, last year. I keep getting caught up with that. Well, yeah, it was the... Do you want me to go into it now? Yes. We're just going to discuss. Take the lead. Take the lead. Okay, so obesity is one of the biggest health crises that the country faces. And that's not only in England, the UK. It is America. It is in a lot of different countries. Almost two-thirds, so that's 63% of adults in England are overweight or living with obesity. And also one in three children leave primary school overweight or obese. Now, with obesity-related illnesses, this costs the NHS six billion a year. So not only are the NHS under strain now, adding obesity 
six six billion a year, which in itself is like an astronomical number. Now, the urgency of tackling the obesity time bomb has been more prominent as there is an increased, well, there's increased evidence now. And this, what I'm talking about, the government actually posted last July. However, COVID started in like February, March. So it took them a while to kind of, I think, collate this evidence and actually announce it on the government website. But basically, if you are obese, you have a huge increased risk from COVID-19. So nearly 8% of critically ill patients with COVID-19 in an intense care unit have been morbidly obese compared to 2.9% of the general population. I think that kind of itself speaks a thousand words. Now, in July last year, I don't I don't know why, oh, well, we missed this. I did not even see this announced on the government website. I didn't see this spoken about in the news, whereas everything else is spoken about in the news. However, this was just not spoken about. It was just put on the government website. But there was a new obesity strategy announced as the country was urged to lose weight to beat COVID and protect the NHS. So there's four things that the government wanted to implement, and that was a ban on TV and online adverts for food high in fat sugar and salt before 9 p.m so obviously it's so people can't watch as much in terms of high fat high sugar and salty foods also end of deals like buy one get one free on unhealthy food high in salt sugar and fat calories to be displayed on menus to help people make healthier choices when eating out and then also a new campaign to help people lose weight get active and eat better after a COVID-19 wake-up call. So what is so interesting here is that as coaches, we're already passionate about helping people, but more so at the moment, it's the fact that there's such a correlation to people who do have obesity. And it even says here, it increases their chance of dying from COVID-19 by 40%. And if your BMI is greater than 40, it could increase the risk by 90%. So people like, yeah, we're told to wear masks, wash our hands, use hand sanitizer, keep our distance. But if you're not helping yourself get through something, which is suggested by a lot of coaches and the government, I mean, you're not really helping yourself. No, I was just sorry. I was just looking at this comment, which someone's posted, um, I saw this the other day. I can't remember what her name is. She's got quite a big Instagram. Have you seen her before? Not a clue. Uh, Nicole Arbor. So she put a post up. And this is what I mean. There's there's two sides to this argument. And this is obviously quite an aggressive one because she put hashtag number one cause of COVID death is obesity, but like body positivity on the casket or something. No, oh, so put body positivity on the casket or something and then use the image of the, the Cosmopolitan um, magazine. So she was talking about like, what the fuck are the, the well, sorry, where are the, fa- the fat checkers, fact checkers on this? Currently, most of the world is suffering and losing everything because of obese people at risk of dying from the new flu. So basically, she's blaming obese people for why we're in lockdown, which I think is extremely harsh. Yeah, you can't blame people, and this is where people need to understand. Those people with obesity, they know they they know that, okay? They, they know they're overweight, and now the stats are coming out and there's evidence to suggest you kind of need to look into that more because it increases your your chance of COVID. Not only increases your chance, it really increases the risk of being badly affected by COVID. Say, for example, we go for a test today and it comes back positive. 
you know what, touch wood, we're fit and healthy. However, if I was obese, I would really, I would really be a, a bit worried, Yeah, basically. I think the thing is as well, I don't believe that we can just say how healthy an individual is from just simply looking at their body and, and judging body fat levels. Um, I think what we obviously need to look at as well further down the line is, is kind of re-looking into health like what is defined as as a, as a whole so taking into account fitness levels sleep patterns joint pain um the bloods breathing strength happiness um socializing there's lot there's lots of different things which define health apart from just someone's body fat level and i think that's what needs to be redefined when we say like what is health and objectively what is health so that is something that needs to be redefined because i think there's a lot of a criticism when it, from this angle as well because I like I said to you when I first looked at the article my immediate thought was because it obviously got a lot of positives a lot of backing from what you'd say the body positivity community and then there's a backlash from like another section of the, the fitness industry I suppose of the whole obesity uh, concern so my take on it straight away was and we had this discussion didn't we the other day was a month before was the Mr. Olympia competition. And basically the guy who won it, some people may know, some people may not know, he's a big, massive dude called Big Rami. He's a large human being, isn't he? Well, he's, yes. like, he's basically a fucking house. He's very, like his one leg is like the size of my whole body. Yeah. And these guys now who are on the stage is pretty much like how much how much how much steroids can I pump into my body without dying? That's how you, that's how you like almost win. Like how much? Obviously, it's not the only reason you win, but how how much steroids can I pump into myself without dying? And how large shredded dice can I get? Which is obviously fucking extremely unhealthy. Like you're putting yourself in a really really bad scenario for for these kind of competitions. Like how dry can I get? Like it's putting yourself at a, like extremely low body fat percentage which we know either way mega low body fat percentage really high body fat percentage isn't healthy but this type of condition is celebrated he was in the front cover of all kinds of magazines he was plastered everywhere over social media people tell him how good he looked how amazing he was and then we have a plus size female in the front cover magazine and then people just go and ape shit about it saying how how bad it is how negative it is i just think like when you compare the two scenarios of the comments that were on either post it's crazy when both may... Oh, they're both is the same. You may, both both the may same. be deemed unhealthy, but yeah. one is celebrated and one is condemned. Do you know what's actually really interesting, which I've just kind of realised? I'd say like five, maybe four or five years ago, zero size models were really celebrated and they were really put on the covers of magazines. Like people literally looked anorexic. However, we've moved away from that. Do you know what I mean? Like we actually don't promote... I don't think we do anyway. And I don't. I don't read that many magazines, but I don't see on the covers anymore people who are deemed to be like anorexic. But however, you still put people on the cover who are banging the gear in and obese. Yeah. So they've moved away from the spectrum of being really underweight, and they just don't promote that anymore because they know that's unhealthy. So why are they still doing it? But the, the do you know end, why? Because they know it fucking sells magazines. <clears throat> It, it was at the, at the end of the day, isn't it? That's yeah. what that's what sells. But I, I obviously know that I'm not saying, oh, well, one's right and one's wrong. I know that obesity 
is at scale a, a massive huge problem and a massive strain on the nhs which far outweighs that of steroid use like i'm not saying that yeah the, the kind of guys who are doing it then put more strain on the nhs or the the medical care because it doesn't but i'm just saying that the way that it's approached and i think i feel like a lot of people's narrative when they're attacking people and coming at people who uh, for example the the plus size lady who was on the front cover isn't coming from a perspective of like oh this isn't healthy and whatever and whatever it's just coming from a, a fact that they don't like it it's their personal opinion they've got no concern for the individual whatsoever yeah definitely and there's actually just a few things that i wanted to touch on about obesity in general just just so you guys can actually understand the science behind obesity and more so like why it isn't physically healthy so Stephen O'Reilly who is the director of the medical research council's metabolic diseases unit at the university of Cambridge imagine that being your like title by the way mine's just Lucy Davis <laughs> also um so he was speaking about the two things that happen when obesity occurs the amount of fat increases but also you put fat in the wrong places you put it in the liver and in the skeletal muscle and this disturbs your metabolism now the key disturbance is that you get very high levels of insulin insulin in the blood. Now what's really interesting for the COVID side of things is it also it's possible that the fat increases in the lungs itself, which may disturb how the lung handles the virus. Now that's very interesting because obviously we know that when obesity occurs, you, your your fat increases. However, the fact that that is increasing on the lungs itself is re- is really really quite dangerous. Now, that's something that has to be spoken about, and it has to be taken into consideration. And I completely understand that it's very difficult in the media. There's a lot of different things that are like celebrated, but when you come down to it and protecting the NHS and protecting yourself, that's a really, really important factor. Who was the, oh, it was Lizzo. She got really bashed oh, yeah. when she when she went on a diet. So I think Lizzo was kind of at the forefront of like body positivity. However, I th- maybe I don't know maybe she she thought okay I need to just I need to lose a bit of weight I need to to do something about this she got absolutely like demoralized in the media for going on a diet and wanting to lose some weight and I think that's why it can be so toxic if someone wants to do something about it they might be scared of being attacked by like other people yeah I think that's the difficulty of it now because like when someone becomes like a advocate of a certain movement then if they want to change something they just get absolutely bashed for it yeah it's like that i watched a youtube video and i messaged this girl who um was really part of the body positivity movement and she was very overweight and she was literally told by the doctors if you don't lose weight you're going to die that was it and then obviously she had to make a massive lifestyle change and a massive lifestyle choice to to better her current position and she spoke about this in the video basically saying how detrimental the body positivity movement can be especially during the current climate yeah like when people are like for example i comment before but like obese people the reason we're in lockdown scaremongering people just isn't gonna fucking help anyone anyway i don't believe scaremongering people is gonna help people lose weight like We've been we've been helping people lose weight for the last ten years through programs that we run, and it's well, still, yours is ten years. I would have been yeah, thirteen well, then. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, 14. A, it's still a massive problem, and we'll continue to do that. Like 
obesity is a very complex problem although it's one that's easy to solve it it's it, it's still very complex and i don't believe that fear of death is going to fucking help people lose weight like Not like we know all. from prison and punishments and negativity we still have the biggest reoffending rate in the world so using negative or negativity upon people to try and implement change just doesn't work and telling someone that the fat isn't going to help them either otherwise no one would be fucking obese would they just by saying oh you're fat if that was a fucking cure it'd be hallelujah it's a, it's an easy solved problem instead we need to raise awareness of the underlying factors so we can do something about it to, to try and protect the nhs but something that i want to continue talking about just at the back of what we're talking about in regards to the magazine covers is that the fitness industry has skewed people's perception of what is healthy for absolutely years and it fucked me over as well because that was partially the reason that I ended up with like an eating disorder because I was comparing myself to other people I was constantly like looking at other people through social media magazines even for someone like me who was a coach you get caught up in the cycle of what you should look like and what is deemed as fit health like there's a lot of individuals that you will look at with really really low lean body fat percentages who will be unhealthy you can't that's why i said before you can't judge someone or you can't judge if someone is healthy by just looking at the the way that they are from a visual point of view there's a lot more to it and just back onto what lucy's talking in regards to the body fat levels and body fat percentages it does matter on where that body fat does lie as well i if it's visceral or uh, subcutaneous so whatever it lies around the abdomen or it lies around the organs does determine um how unhealthy that may be as well and it's it's something that i don't believe we're going to get away from for a long time is the way that the fitness industry is fucking up people's perception of what should be or what is deemed as as healthy and the thing that i hate most is like what we've been talking about is the whole fat shaming thing i'm just going to bring up um I had a post that I looked at before from Ben Carpenter, who, by the way, we is going to be on the podcast at some point, I think, over January slash February with us as well. He's a really cool guy. If you don't follow him in on Insta, do make sure that you do. Yeah, Ben is great. He's very straightforward with what he explains and what he states. Everything he speaks about is backed up by research. It's really fantastic. Yeah, so he was, he was talking about making people feel shit about their weight is associated with increased food intake decreased motivation to exercise decreased energy expenditure and increased depression if we care about people's health making them feel shame isn't the best way to help people it's very true so just by pointing the finger at people and making people feel ashamed isn't going to help people in in any way and it's actually going to do the opposite weight stigma just makes people feel more guilty and then do less about it, consume more, and increase body dissatisfaction. So just telling people they're obese, like I said before, doesn't help anyone. And then when it comes to exercise at the same time, not everyone wants to exercise to lose weight or to build muscle. Some people, and I'd advocate this right now, train just to fucking feel better and feel mentally positive. And in this scenario that we're in right now in lockdown three, Training just to build muscle or just to lose body fat isn't going to be most advantageous right now. And of course, we can have those as goals, but we've got to do something that we enjoy and helps promote our mental well-being as well. And at the end of the day, put a smile on our face when at the moment, a lot of us just feel like shit. Yeah, I think that's actually a really positive 
thing that's happened in the fitness industry especially on social media it's not about oh are you doing a bulk are you doing a cut are you losing weight are mm. you losing fat are you building muscle you don't need a thing yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be doing a thing I don't really have a thing people say to me all the time what are your goals I'm like I just want to lift heavy shit off the floor like I just want to be strong and that necessarily doesn't come hand in hand with aesthetics like it, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't have, I just, I'm not very strong in aesthetic goals personally. Maybe that's because I've, I've built the physique I've kind of wanted for the past four years, but also my mindset significantly changed with it. Obviously you guys know I had really, well, a really bad relationship with food for two and a half, three years where all I thought about was aesthetics, which for me personally didn't work. It made me very unhappy. I didn't, I just had the poorest relationship with food. Whereas now I focus on strength. I focus on being active every day. I'm a super active person. I eat a balanced diet and come hand in hand with that is aesthetics. It just comes along with it. It's not that I'm focusing on it. It makes me happier not to. Yeah, I think it's a good place to be competent with your body and be be happy with where you're at. And for me, again, people are allowed an opinion, but realistically, people's body fat percentage is a concern for their doctor or the GP and someone that understands obesity, not for fucking Dan from Essex or Michelle underscore IFBB who are leaving comments saying that it's fat, it's disgusting, you're obese, it's, it's spoiling this, it's wrecking that. How can people who are taking things to extremes say that that's not healthy? Like they're fucking hypocrites in themselves. Like, you can't throw stones from a glass house. No, that's so true. It's like somebody could have like three bottles of wine a week and they could be bashing somebody else. And it's like you're having... Then, they, and then the other person could go back and say, well, you're having three or four bottles of wine a week. That's not healthy. Go and speak to a professional. You don't need opinions from insignificance. Yeah, insignificant What I'm trying people. to get out with that is like, you've got the, a lot of the comments I saw on those, those posts the negative ones and again I'm not on either side of this one because I think it's 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 very complex I'm still trying to unravel it myself a lot of those neggy comments up from people like who are IFBB and you go on the profiles and like shred to the bone it's not because they're worried again about the individual it's because they just have a an opinion on it yeah and they they are pushing their their subconscious onto other people what they believe should be on front covers of magazines and probably most of all because they're fucking jealous because they're not on the front cover of a magazine yeah it's like i've never ever and never would comment on someone's post about that like i i personally don't think competing is healthy i don't think being at a ridiculously low body fat percentage is healthy for women i also don't believe being obese is healthy for yeah. an individual but i'm not going to comment it that's not for me to do that I'm, I'm just there to help people. I'm there to help them if they are underweight, if they are overweight, if they have poor mental health. I, I it, is, it is a difficult one with yeah. social media. It can become really quite toxic. Yeah. Saying all the following, by the way, I, I also believe that Cosmo got it completely wrong because at the end of the day, it's not really healthy and we shouldn't be promoting that, what it is. I think, I think it's great breaking down stigmas. But on the other hand, they got the text all wrong on it. Like, mm. they putting this is health. Like, at the end of the day, this isn't health, is it? Because as we know, obesity isn't healthy. So we should not, we shouldn't be glorifying it either. As well as like, I think it's great for breaking down stigmas. That 
they just spoil it with the the caption or the, the text that they included in it and how far they went with it because as as much as I don't believe that we should be tearing people down and at the end of the day fat shaming people I don't f- think we should be glorifying obesity either because that's not healthy in itself like glorifying either end of the spectrum isn't healthy we need to find a happy medium and the question I got asked from someone the other day and again I, do, I didn't really like the way it was I suppose spelled out was can you be fit but fat or can you be fat but healthy and the different research on this and the different debates to be had like I was looking at something from um it was published by I think it was Loughborough University by Dr William Johnson and it was saying it's it's undeniable that obesity is bad for health but there are clearly differences between individuals and the extent to which it is bad so again you can't just judge someone by their weight there's so many underlying factors there's so much variance in individuals and at the same time as as well a lot of the time we judge obesity by bmi which we know is a very poor metric because you i think i'm probably classed as obese i think i'm i'm not overweight on bmi but i'm i'm at the higher end of the spectrum of well, being healthy i think due to my muscle mass currently a bmi of over 30 is considered obese so that's where it's, it's flawed in itself in in what we are looking at and what we are classifying we know and there's research to show that people with when we look at waist circumference the larger the waist circumference is the more chance that there is of having these um diseases that are linked with obesity such as the knock-on effect of type 2 diabetes and respiratory disease and heart disease um and so and that that come with weight complications which is maybe i don't know more of a a measured way of looking at it i definitely think there's some circumstances where you can be overweight and what is it overweight and fit was that the well the 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 the, the caption that you often see and again is um i don't always agree with it but can you be fat but fit i think like dependent on sport it's a quite interesting one for example you get quite a few like rugby players who are who are who are large and they're well fit like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're really I mean put me up against a rugby player I've probably got no chance do you know what I mean so it's definitely dependent on the person and their situation and kind of like where they're at but then obviously there's two sides to every single argument yeah well, that's like what... a sumo wrestler for example mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's not one size fits, fits all the, the one thing that we obviously do know that the the I suppose the the more obese that you are the, the higher the risk is and that, that that comes with it and there's a another article that i was looking at from harvard um showing some research which was between weight gain and health problems and it was a study that was looking at i think it was 300,000 people without heart heart disease who were classified as even normal weight overweight or obese based on their body mass index um and bmi obviously gorgeous people's body status mm. using the height and weight so after four years, the researchers found a direct correlation between higher BMI and obviously higher heart risk, strokes, blood pressure, and discovered that the risk increases the more fat a person carries around his or her waist, her waist which is where we were talking about when, when body fat is just deposited in different areas of how it can be um, more or less severe. Um, and the longer that person's overweight, the shorter the life expectancy is. Uh, yeah. the suggested and th- they're, well. they're all like we're not just saying those they are all stats and statistics and facts and the one that i've definitely found most interesting today is the fact that 
if you are obese, that fat can increase the risk of COVID due to the fat being around the lungs. Yeah. That's really one thing that I was not aware of. And it's actually just very interesting to know how it's to do with your your metabolic. It's to do with your internal in, internal organs. It's not necessarily what's happened on the outside. It's what's happening happening on the inside. Yeah. So that's why I'm talking about like when you're talking about can you be fat but fit. If you carry an excess weight or excess fat around... Uh, the skin through so subcutaneous fat, it actually appears to cause few health issues. So that's why I'm saying you can't always judge a book by its cover because it's massively down to the individual. And that's why I'm saying like there is some um there is like a valid argument to be had, I suppose, that can you be fat but fit? Because if someone can can be fit but just hold more subcutaneous body fat. And again, you could have people who are mega lean who have low amounts of subcutaneous body fat but who are still maybe deemed unhealthy. Like, you don't know what's going on under the hood of a car at the end of the day, do you? So, um, a more dangerous type of body fat is the visceral body fat, which is stored at waist level and around the ab- ab- abdominal cavity as well, um, which surrounds the vital org- organs. So, there's still, like, a long way to go with it. But, again, it does depend how overweight that person is um, and how long they are that they're carrying that extra body fat for as well. Because the the example I gave to you the other day is, and I was listening to someone talk about a similar scenario the other day, is if I said to you, okay, you could just be severely obese for one day, how much of an impact do you think that would have on your health, like for the rest of your life going forward? It wouldn't significantly impact a day. And then if you were obese for a week, like again, it's not going to affect your long-term health that much. Nope. If you were obese for a month, mm, may have like a I small think have a f- a few. if you're obese for a year it's yeah, gonna it's gonna start good. having long lasting or maybe lifelong um impacts on your your health yeah and if no, you're definitely. if you're a severe obese for a few years you're probably talking about some serious health implications there um it's even one sorry just for the example that you've had before the previous client who was um quite significantly overweight and they couldn't get their wife pregnant due to their weight yes, yes. which is just you know and then he lost all this weight with Ben and he he's got a baby now and it, I mean that's not related to heart disease or um diabetes and things like that he couldn't have a kid that was his long-term effect and he lost a lot of weight with you didn't he yeah. and then he's now got a baby so you know it's, it's funny I should bring that up I completely forgot about that you know but there's, there's, I think there's a lot of criticism that comes from like the anti-diet culture and why people should just be happy. And but there's a lot of benefits to weight loss as well. And this is why we'll, I'll always be an advocate of it. And I think it's not just the always the physical, but it's the psychological benefits of sometimes it's the way that you feel. I know people are saying that you should be happy in your own skin, and I massively believe that as well. But if someone's not happy, then they've got every right to do something about it and want to do something about it. And we shouldn't criticize people because they want to change as well. Do you know what I mean? But back to that point of when we were talking about like the impacts if you were obese for a short term or long term, it's like putting a scratch. If I scratched you once, it wouldn't be that harmful or painful. Scratch you again, scratch you again, scratch you again. After then, you have hundreds of scratches. It's going to start to be sore, isn't it? Mm. It's, I think it's a similar scenario with obesity. The longer you leave yourself in the state of being massively unhealthy and, and severely overweight, it's going to start to have an impact. Again, we know the effects 
can be reversible, like the the effects with type two diabetes, which is the example I was going to bring up. Remember my other client who we we almost reversed his, his type two diabetes, yeah, yeah, the yeah. amount of insulin that he was using on a day to day basis because of his weight loss. And again, that's just another impact of um or example of how weight loss can be mass- massively beneficial from a physical perspective as well with type two diabetes because we know that that is rever- uh, reversible, unlike type one diabetes. So again, it, it's it's something to think about um in regard to the physical and psychological impacts of weight loss and some of the force for it as well as sit on the other side and that's why we want to try and present both sides of the argument today and look at some of the the science behind and some of the effects of obesity on people in general yeah no um i agree massively it's one of those concepts as well and I've not spoke about it a lot, but in terms of why can't you be fit and be body body positive or be fit and feel happy without feeling like you're getting bashed in the media for like wanting to go on a diet or wanting to exercise. Like I feel like it sometimes takes a complete like backwards spiral mm-hmm. and it just it, it it flips on its head and people get like fit shame like I've been fit shame before why is that even a thing like yeah, oh true, my god you have a six pack abs you're so like unhealthy you shouldn't have that low body fat percentage no like I've had my abs since I was five are you gonna call my five-year-old little self unhealthy just because I've I've got pretty good genetics like it's it can it can become quite backwards I think that's an important thing to recognize is that it's not just people who are maybe classified as as plus size or slightly large in the physique or whatever they are, people in other aspects like get bashed like mad as well. Like I know you get a lot of comments about, oh, you're on steroids. And I, and me and Carl sometimes called you um, D-Ball Davis. Yeah, because somebody <laughs> called Someone it me called in college. You. But on a, on a serious note though, like it does have impacts on other people who, even though they may, <coughs> sorry, look fit and healthy and be fit and healthy, because they put a lot of work in, like, why do you feel the right to attack those other people as well? It doesn't matter, like, what shape, size people may be. It still has an impact on them, no matter what comments you're throwing at them. And that's the thing for me is, like, I believe it Cos- Cosmopolitan jumped on the whole body positivity movement. And, again, I've, like I've said in other podcasts, the reason that I'm not a massive fan or... I'm not a massive fan of what it's become is because that I don't believe people need to be body positive all the time. Like you don't, you like with the other day that I put a post up saying of how I felt like shit at the moment because of lockdown 3.0 and that at the moment it's okay not to be okay. I don't believe that people need to be happy with the body. Or, like sometimes I wake up and look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, fucking I look like shit. Or yeah, I sometimes it happens to everyone. Yeah, sometimes I don't feel great. I just don't believe that you need to be fake happy all the time. That's why I'm not a big fan of body positivity. And I, I know like why the, the whole body positivity movement originated. But my question as well is like, why can't you be slim but body positive? Like the whole body positivity movement almost promotes the the plus mm-hmm. size look or, or being heavier or having more body fat, I suppose. Like, why can't you be slim and body positive? Why can't you be muscular and body positive? Like, I understand where the origins come from, but I still don't think it takes into account everyone. Like, why can't you be body positive and be a different shape? Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's something that I think still needs quite a lot of work. Yeah. I, I just want people to know that fit people come in all different shapes and sizes, and just because you see someone who's mega lean with abs 
doesn't mean that they are healthy. And the same goes for if someone is looks overweight, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily unhealthy as well. Like you can't just judge people by the book or just people what they look like. And I hope this podcast helps people see that in a slightly different light. Um, and kind of gives an argument to to both sides of the fence that I suppose we're, we're, we're sitting on today. And the other term that I've only just looked more into recently, and I don't know a lot about, is, is something that you kind of touched on before, and that was more to do with body neutrality. And that doesn't mean that you're mega positive about your body and mega happy all the time. It's more about accepting your body. Yeah, accepting it for where you're currently at and what your goals are and what you're focused on and not having like an opinion too strongly on either side. Yeah. And as as we know, obesity isn't healthy and being severely overweight is objectively not healthy. And being mega, mega lean, low body fat isn't healthy. So that's where we need to fa- try and find the range of what is objectively healthy at the end of the day. And, and find someone in between there. And I think that we're a long way off that and unless we maybe redefine what health actually is and we are not skewed into believing what health is by what's thrown at us by the media, I think we're still a long way off from, from really finding a, a happy medium with it. Yeah, and I think that is a wonderful way to wrap up this podcast. We hope you found it really, I guess, insightful and beneficial maybe you've learned something that you didn't know and I always learn something when we research and look at the stats for these um, podcasts as well so if you have a two minute spare in your day we'd really appreciate a review of how you're finding the podcast and as always you guys always share it on Facebook and Instagram which is absolutely incredible so please continue to do so yeah I think with this this topic today it's a massively um, broad complex diverse and there's a lot more that can be said about it we just pretty much skim the surface with some of the summary points and in future episodes you may go back and relook at this topic and especially when we have a couple of guests on as well we may go back and revise mm. this topic as well but if you've got any questions about it feel free to, to drop us a dm an email whatever it may be um if you would like to hear more about this topic if there's any other topics that you would like to hear in general and obviously just feel free to drop us some message over this is just the first episode of 2021 of some absolutely bangers that are going to be laid and dropped this year just before we do go obviously you this will be hopefully published the day we record it today so we should have four or five days left of enrollment for the eight week migrate school challenge and on that note the dynamics of the challenge is that the purpose of this challenge is to try and bring people together at this point and together to our community. And that's why we've had a big push on making sure all our members are joining the Facebook group that we run. Because I tell you what was fantastic on the day that lockdown was announced. There were just people putting comments in there like, oh, I had a cry today. I've had a bit of a tear on today. I feel down. I feel depressed. And people were just expressing how they felt. And I think that is more important than any um, eight weeks of weight loss or how shredded can you get or how much weight that you can lift is is bringing a community together for eight weeks of of in a time where we feel more isolated than ever trying to bring people together to feel more supported than ever by other people and feel like they can communicate with people at any point in any time and not feel pressured or feel judged with whatever the comments they make 
Yeah, the group is absolutely incredible. So it's just called the My Coach School on Facebook. Feel free to join it. It is a free group. You're more than welcome and all our members are incredible. So they'd be more than happy to have you and just have a chat if you feel like you need a chat with someone as well. Yeah, exactly. So the purpose of this challenge is going to be to try and create some new habits and routines and make sure that you're, even if you're not going to work, you're waking up at a decent time, you're getting up, you're hitting a certain stepping um, count, getting outdoors a little bit, doing some activity that you in, enjoy doing, which isn't just burping around your front room or throwing kettlebells around like an absolute lunatic doing some insanity shit, getting enough water in, eating some good food, having some entertainment because we're going to be putting some other stuff on in the Facebook group like yoga sessions. We're looking at doing some um, Zoom quizzes and stuff like that to try and get people involved. There's going to be a lot more to this eight-week challenge than just a... Uh, a standard body transformation challenge and something they want to try and get as many people involved with to try and help as many people from both a physical and a mental point get through this next however many weeks or months it may be especially for people in the uk so again the link for that i'll try and put it somewhere in the podcast description it'll also be in both mine and lucy's instagram links if you want to jump on there and submit a enrollment for the challenge before sunday the 10th yeah, and you can also find it on the at my coach school Instagram mm-hmm. page. The link is always there. Okay, guys, thank you for listening once again. It has been a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye, guys.